Hello, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to explain why you might hear ads like this before, during, or even after an episode. We're a small but mighty team here at Realm, and to help fund our shows, we promote products or services that we think you'd enjoy from a variety of sponsors. If any of our ads interest you, one of the best ways to support us is by visiting the link or using the promo code in the ad. It's pretty much a win-win since you can get some great deals and we can keep making awesome shows like this one. You can also visit realm.fm slash partners for more information about our sponsors and how to access the different promotions. Thanks again for joining us in our corner of the universe. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, everyone. I'm J.S. Mayank, director and co-writer. I'm David Carlyle, the co-creator. And, and we, we are, are crazy people. people. We're crazy because we believe that politics can actually unite us rather than drive us further apart. We believe that one great big idea can actually change the world. And the hero of our story, Congressman Seth McGuire, he believes it too. He's just as crazy as we are. Welcome to America 2.0, a new six-part scripted narrative podcast about politics. Yes, politics. But don't immediately turn us off, please. See, ours is a deeply personal story of hope, courage, and true idealism. And it's set in the last place in the entire world you'd ever expect that to happen. Washington, D.C. So sit back, relax, and please enjoy our very first episode. We're calling it One Million Dollars. I'd like to begin with the idea itself. It gave people hope in a way we haven't seen in decades. You managed to unite the country with what many are calling the single most revolutionary idea in the history of American politics. Did it really just hit you like a bolt of lightning? <laughs> um, no, not quite. But there was a moment, though, for sure. Let's talk about that. Tell me about the moment. Well, I guess you'd have to start with the day of the nuclear quote. That was your first day being in the spotlight for a media gaffe. It was just you, Olivia Huff, your chief of staff, and Geisha, um... Subramaniam, yes, my assistant. Correct. Phones in the office were ringing off the hook. Thank you for calling Congressman McGuire's office. I'm sorry, he's unavailable for comment at this time. Thank you for calling Congressman McGuire's office. I'm sorry, he's unavailable for comment at this time. Olivia, how many more of these donor thank yous do I have to sign? All of them. And don't forget to write a personalized thank you for Mr. Zanardi. God, imagine a Congress that wasn't constantly begging for money. Imagine how much we could actually achieve. That's the system. It's what you signed up for. 
Seth McGuire out of touch with America's energy policy? It's one thing to say that we should consider fixes or even cost-effective real-world scalebacks, but to outright demonize an entire industry, one that's a vital part of our energy creation, that isn't just rash or irresponsible, it's lunacy. The congressman owes the American people an How approach. are we handling this? We're not. It'll blow over. You want that last egg roll? What? How can you think about food at a time like this? Ugh, here you are. Look, nuclear energy is dangerous, antiquated, and no longer necessary. It's time for people to stand up together and say that this is stupid. Enough is enough. Okay, with a little maneuvering, I can buy us some time. But not much. We have to say something, and soon. This is gonna hurt us. Unless he walks these comments back, he may have just lost his seat in Congress. Seth, we need a plan. Now. <sighs> Let's see what the cookie says. Fall seven times, stand up eight. That's not even a fortune. It is to me. Gita, where's my tux? That was a big date with Vivian Lewis. <laughs> You've done your homework. I like to be prepared. Was it the next morning you bumped into Congresswoman Helen Chan? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, quite. So was that the moment you knew? Not yet, but I think it's fair to say that she put the idea in my head. Congressman! Congressman, can we get a quote? Get your facts first, then you can distort them as you please. That's Mark Twain. Oh, get off your high horse, Seth. We all know better. You play us, not the other way around. Remember? Uh -uh. Oh, jeez, I'm so sorry. I... Helen! Hi, how are you? Other than, you know, any potential injuries that you may have just incurred. I'm good. But more importantly, how are you? All things considered. Settling in. Still doesn't feel like I quite belong here. Really? But you've been in D.C. for so long. It's different being the man behind the man. When you step out into the light, it can be blinding. I get it. You don't have a press room to command anymore, but listen. You'll get past this nuclear misstep. Let me know if you want my help. Okay? Well, I, um... I wish I could stay and chat, but I'm egregiously late to a debt meeting. The national debt? Yeah, it's a bipartisan discussion. You know, the right always wants to talk about the debt. That they do. I have a Catholic caucus meeting myself. Okay, gotta run. Hey Siri, remind me to look into the national debt. I'm calling this meeting of the Catholic Caucus to order. We're here today to discuss the constitutionality of using taxpayer funds to pay for renovating the National Cathedral. I understand that we have a member of our constituency that wishes to address the caucus today. Good morning. My name is Rita Torres. I work two jobs, 60 hours a week, I don't know if I'll have enough left over after rent and daycare to pay for the formula I need to feed my child. <clears throat> Ma'am, I must insist that we remain on topic. You're talking about a building? A building? I'm Catholic. I go to Mass twice a week and I'm telling you, I can't feed my baby. I can't feed my child. At this time, the Senator from Rhode Island respectfully thanks you for your input. 
and ask that you yield the floor. This way, please, ma'am. How can you people live with yourselves? Excuse me, Ms. Torres? Look, my name is Seth McGuire. I'm on the committee. You, you don't know me, but I am so sorry for your situation. Um, here. I know it's not much, but it's all the cash I have on me. For your family. I've never asked for a handout. But right now, it kills me that I can't turn this down. I understand. I wish there was something more I could do. You're a congressman, right? Yes, ma'am. If you can't, then who can? That had a really profound effect on me. Her struggle? Yes, but... More to the point, my inability to do anything about it. So when you got back to your office that afternoon, would it be accurate to say that you were galvanized? The opposite, actually. I was lost. Drifting away, listening to talk radio. Talk radio? That's when the moment happened? Believe it or not. And not just any talk radio. Right-wing talk radio. Welcome back. You're listening to America First. Today we're talking about the national debt. Oh, the national debt. So is this punishment? Are you a masochist now? Because I don't think you can pull it off. Oh, what are you knitting? It's a sweater for Josie. You know this is the third time in the last 24 hours I've come up against a mention of the national debt? I think you're beating yourself up because your date with the Republican didn't go well. Wait, you knew Vivian was a Republican? Yes. And you let me go out with her anyway? Mm-hmm. Why? Because I knew I'd have this exact moment to look forward to. <laughs> Besides, everyone knows Vivian's a Republican. Not everyone knows. Everyone. Vida! I knew! <laughs> well, I didn't. Yeah, but then again, what do you know? Very little, apparently. <laughs> and after eight years of a financially disastrous Rutherford presidency, the last three years has seen Ward Baker start to rein in the insane policies that led us so far off the cliff. It's funny how they put us in this position, but everyone looks to us to fix it. And okay, I'm as pro-business anti-tax as anybody. But I do think we need to be realistic about how we tackle such a serious problem. Look, you don't have to be a tax-and-spend liberal to fix the debt issue. It's honestly really simple. How can you say it's simple when we owe trillions to China? No, we actually owe less than one trillion to China, roughly 5% of the overall debt. God. Uh, who are you talking to? What? That doesn't sound like a solution. We're just going to inflate it away. Wait, that's interesting. So, you want to make the dollar less valuable. Not about whether I want to or not. It's going to happen. Complete inevitability. Wait, could it really be that simple? Seth, you know listening to this crap isn't good for your health. Why do you care what these nut jobs have to say? No, no. No, this is a terrific idea. Did you just compliment a right-wing talk radio host? Gita, call 911. Hey. Hey, Seth. Bubala. No, I'm not complimenting him. He's an idiot, but but he has no idea what he just said. That we don't have to pay off the debt if we deflate the dollar? Right. And if that's all there was, which in his case it ends there because, again, he's an idiot, 
yes, that's not a plan. But? But if you take that as a jumping off point and extrapolate it much, much further, it becomes the most exciting economic policy in the history of this country. You lost me again. I think I just figured out how to solve income inequality, pay for single-payer health care, and fix our entire educational system all at the same time. By giving every American citizen one million dollars. <coughs> oh my god, I almost spit out my water at you. <laughs> Give everyone a million dollars? Seth, that sounds... Completely insane, <laughs> I know! I really should call 911. Here, have some water. No, thanks. <clears throat> Wait, wait, wait. Where are you heading? You have a meeting in 20 minutes. I have to go see Anna. Anna, your ex. She's also the chair of the DNC. Would you stop worrying about me? Can you really blame us? With everything going on, this nuclear energy debacle. And your bad date with a Republican. Oh my God, do I have to write you both a memo to convince you that it wasn't a bad date? You're acting insane. Gita, give him some of your water. What? No, I don't need water. Gita, you drink the water. So then why are you rushing over to see Anna? To tell her that I'm running for president. <laughs> I'll get you a towel, Mr. President. America 2.0 is a global original podcast. It's directed by J.S. Mayank, created and written by J.S. Mayank and David Carlyle, produced by J.S. Mayank, David Carlyle, Jeremy Gordon, and Spencer Garrett, casting by Jeremy Gordon. With performances by Patrick J. Adams, Autumn Reeser, Lorian Haynes, Kalpana Pot, Mark Atterbury, Catherine Castro, Dana Bash, with Ming-Na Wen. Recording and mixing by Mitch Dorf and Michael Miller. Sound design and editing by Rusty Dunn, with original music by Antonio Lepore. America 2.0. On the next America 2.0. Thank you for calling the DNC. How may I direct your call? Hi, Anna. So this nuclear thing, how are you holding up? I know exactly what we have to do. Dan Carrington from the Washington Herald. I'm here to see the congressman. If he's going to retract his statement or backtrack his stance, why on God's green earth do you think I would give you the exclusive? You gotta... Wait. You can't... You want to devalue the dollar. This... This is how we take back the White House. The White House? 